So we'll just go on with the podcast like we normally do. So, <clears throat> welcome to Peace Talks. I'm Caitlin Richards. I'm Alex Garrison. I'm Will Dalton. Andre Tidwell. Marvin Bronson. All right, so we're going to start off with a little bit of sports. Uh, in Peace Sports this week, the men's basketball team beat Hamden and Sydney 96-71 to was the final score. Uh, Smith Gupton led the scoring with 19 points on 66% shooting. Pacers are now 1-2 and two in their season. Their next game will be November 21st at Emory and Henry. The, uh, the women's basketball team lost to Fredericksburg University. They got knocked out at the Hyatt Place tip-off tournament. The final score of that game was 63-48. to 48. The next game they will play is a little, little while longer. It won't be until uh, November 27th, and that will be against Shaw University here at William Peace. And now for sports outside of William Peace, the latest on the Alex Smith injury that most of you saw uh, yesterday, he is the Redskins quarterback. He suffered a compound leg fracture against the Titans. Uh, the Redskins lost that game 23-21. to He will, it's been confirmed he will be out for the season, but the real question is how will he come back? Will he be the same? It's just a matter of time to wait and see. Uh, the Ravens quarterback, Lamar Jackson made his NFL debut yesterday as a starter. Uh, they won 24-21 against the Bengals. He rushed for 117 yards and went 13 of 19 passing. His entire first drive was 11 plays, all of him rushing, and he ended up rushing for a touchdown. He actually set the NFL record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in his first career start. And so now I'm going to do a segment that's a little bit new. I'm going to do 10 interesting sports facts that you might not know. So number one, NFL referees actually receive Super Bowl rings. They're not as big as the rings that the teams get, but they actually get a commemorative ring to show that they officiated. The next fact, despite a baseball game taking two to three hours to finish, the actual action of the game that takes place when nobody's just standing around doing nothing is actually a total of 18 minutes. Next fact, in 1943, because of so many players in football having to serve in World War II, the Eagles and the Steelers actually combined to make one complete team called the Steagles. The Olympic gold medals are actually made of silver, not gold. Didn't know that. That's fraud. I did not know that. Uh, there has never been a documented perfect March Madness bracket, ever. The Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders were the first official cheerleading team in the NFL, and they formed in 1972. Golf is actually the only sport to be played on the moon. It was played by Alan Shepard in 1971. Shaq has missed a total of 5,317 <laughs> free throws in his career. And the last two facts. Live pigeon shooting was briefly an Olympic sport at the 1900 Olympic Games in Paris. Facts. And finally, the ancient Greeks received a stick of celery for winning sports events. Oh. We get millions of dollars in trophies and they got celery. So Be healthy. There is your sports report for today. Thanksgiving break begins tomorrow. Excited about that. When back from holiday break, on November 26th, there'll be the annual holiday celebration here from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, WPU's performance of Beauty and the Beast this past weekend was a success. Four out of the five shows were sold out, which is the most that's ever been sold out in peace history. Um, and this now leads to our next discussion, different ways to interpret cartoons and Disney movies. Now, 
you know how some some cartoons and some older Disney movies have different meanings than the ones that are actually on the screen and what they show to you. Like for example, Beauty and the Beast. The Beast can symbolize how somebody is viewed in the eyes of other people or how their general view is in America. Or it could be just somebody that maybe appear as uglier in one person's eyes but beautiful in another person's eyes. It's a lot of things that people can or can't see because of their perceptions clouding their mind when they see one person. If that person is beautiful in the eyes of one and maybe ugly in the eyes of another, but they're still, at the end of the day, a human being or a creature in general. So is it like saying the beauty is in the eye of the beholder? Is that type of thing? Yeah. <clears throat> or it could be kind of like, don't judge a book by its cover, like, until you really get to know somebody. Like, yeah, he true. was like a beast where everybody was scared of him. But then Belle actually went to him and she wasn't scared of him. And she even taught him things. So it could be like, don't judge somebody before you know them. Right. Man, have any of y'all seen the Avengers Infinity War? Still haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Bits and pieces of it. You notice how Thanos threw his daughter off the cliff and killed her. That can symbolize sometimes you gotta sacrifice what you love to get what you want. Hey, they haven't seen it by now. They need that's true. That's my own fault. I haven't seen it. That's tough though. I don't. I don't know if I can do that. Some people can though. That's the, I don't think I could. That's, that's a few men. It's a few. Ain't that cold? Some people are. So, our next discussion is, do you think you should celebrate Christmas before Thanksgiving? Like, this past weekend, there was the Christmas parade, and then there's, like, the tree lighting at North Hills, Winterfest, like, they Setting had a decorations. lot of, yeah, Christmas things this past weekend, and a lot of people are decorating for Christmas. So, do you guys think that Christmas should be celebrated before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving? Does anybody really care? I thought some do, some don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I like celebrating before Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. or I start celebrating. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm just here for the food. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it is a whole holiday, though. So yeah. you just can't yeah. just throw out the window. Yeah, but it yeah. seems like people don't value the holidays anymore anyway, because, like, you're celebrating Christmas before Thanksgiving. Yeah. You're demeaning the value of Thanksgiving by saying Christmas is more important so it should be celebrated earlier. It kind of means Christmas in a way because it just, it's basically, it basically seems like it's just a money grab now. Because think about Black Friday right after Thanksgiving. Sales, sales, sales. Christmas seems like the better and lighter holiday to celebrate than Thanksgiving anyway. So that's probably maybe why they celebrate that before Thanksgiving now. I mean, I don't know, but Christmas kind of lit though. You know, you got a Christmas yeah. music. We ain't got Thanksgiving music really. I mean, besides, you know. Shirley Caesar, the green. We got a whole category for it. So. I feel like celebrating Christmas early is a lot of people's traditions for mm -hmm. Thanksgiving because, like, people put up the tree, they start listening to Christmas music. It's actually kind of a Thanksgiving tradition in a way. It's like Christmas is right around the corner. Watch Christmas movies on Thanksgiving yeah. Day. That's what my family does. And then, like, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Christmas parade on Thanksgiving. <clears throat> I like celebrating Christmas 
like before Thanksgiving. I don't mind because we kind of do it like a combination at my house. And so it's like we leave Thanksgiving is like that's Thanksgiving Day. But we can also watch Christmas movies and stuff. And I just like getting into the holiday spirit early because it's a stressful time, especially for students with exams and things. And so if you can just like listen to Christmas music in the car or... You know, watch the good holiday movies. It's fun and more relaxing. Well, and they're so close in time together, too. Yeah. That they kind of intertwine anyways, because they're only, like, a month apart. Mm-hmm. And then Christmas, it only happens once. Like, celebrate it. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving happens once. So celebrate <laughs> it. Like, you can just celebrate. Holy so you're on the side of Thanksgiving and Christmas, is what I'm hearing. I think Christmas, yeah. Like, Christmas before Thanksgiving is fine. I like it. No, I ain't gonna lie. I'm, I, I just like listening to Justin Bieber mistletoe. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a bop. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I do believe Peace uh, should have um, a football team. Um, I think it'd be great for the school to add a to add another sport. Um, there are some concerns with that, you know, as far as like where you're gonna have 50, 60 plus players, you know, as far as our housing you know where they are going to go so i think that's something the school should at least think about something that's down the line maybe maybe about five or ten years from now if they get another you know dorm on campus to house football players but i think it'll be great i think it'll be something that alumni could come to because i know football is is a huge tradition and i think it's something that could start and it could really just set off our whole uh, athletic program with adding another dominant sport I think if you add football to peace, it would be even more of like a community feel as well because you know everybody likes going to the games together and then they have like the thing games like blackout, stuff like that, and that gets students really involved. So it would be fun, I think. I mean, assuming you figured out, like, like you said, where to put 50 or 60 players and find a place to play and all that stuff, I mean, it would be great for business and for the school. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I mean, everybody knows football is a revenue sport. I mean, everybody loves football, so something to think about. Definitely for like 10 years in the future, maybe five years. <clears throat> Next couple yeah. years, probably not, but in okay. the future. I'll be mad. Why? Because I can't play. <laughs> 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 they can have an alumni game. They can have an yeah, alumni football game. Yeah, they can have an alumni night. Do a flag. We can all go back, yeah. <laughs> 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 an alumni football game. That'd be fun. That'd be great. So, quick question for you. How big of you a sports fan are you? I'm a huge sports fan. Um, I'm very involved in uh, in the NFL. I'm a huge NFL fan. Um, I'm big into basketball. I play basketball all my life, so I'm really big into the NBA. Um, I'm big into college basketball. Maybe not as much as college football, but I'm huge uh, into those two main sports. So what do you think about the CTE in football? Um, I think, I think there are some pros and cons to to football and and, and head injuries. Um, I feel as though I understand what the NFL, as far as college football, is trying to do, as far as you know protecting players. Um, at the end of the day, I think that referees are always put in a hard spot to be able to have to make a call. But I do feel like the game has softened up some as well. Like, you know, early in the season, you know, we saw Clay Matthews get two, yeah. you know, rough in the passing, uh, rough in the passing penalties on plays that look like normal sacks. And so um, I think it's tough. You know, it's very bang, bang. You know, it's very, very, very quick. 
Um, I just want them to keep those rules that they have, just to keep them consistent with all players. Um, I'm a huge, you know, Panthers fan, and so I watch all the games, and and I see that, you know, some quarterbacks, you know, get officiated some ways, and then other quarterbacks like Cam Newton get officiated a little bit differently. And so um, I would just like for the league just to keep those things consistent, and I think that'll be be best for the league. But I think CTE is important. You know, I think we've seen in history, we've seen the effects that it has on retired football players. You know, some of them maybe have murdered people or committed suicides and things like that. So I like the direction the league is going, being progressive, trying to stop the head injuries. Speaking of the Panthers, what do you think about Cam Newton's dress code? Um, I like, I, <laughs> I love the way Cam Newton dresses. I like the way that, you know, he expresses himself no matter what people think. Um, you know, I think it's a, his, the way that he dresses is a, is a culture that's, that's came through the team. Like you see, like, you know, the owner, David Tepper, wants to get some drip, so he purchases the hats. And then, you know, Ron Rivera has these, has these shirts that he has on, on Mondays when he does his press conference. It could be about anything. So I think it's just – I like the fact that he's creative. You know, he shows his leadership in multiple different ways, and so that's just the way that he does it off the field. I love his dress code. <laughs> love it. Very expressive. It's flashy. <laughs> and I think something a lot of people don't know is is, is when Cam Newton dressed, like the way he, like, dresses, he also – puts on and markets, this is free advertisement, he markets local, you know, fashion designers, you know, not everything he wears is Givenchy, Gucci, or Prada, you know, the hats that he actually wears are like a local, somebody that's local, I think in the Charlotte area, and just helping, you know, put somebody else on and help them sell hats and help their brand is, is great, you know, I think that's excellent. I just think he needs to loosen up how tight his pants are. After that, he's good. Yeah. You think we have powers on? But I, I rock with it though. I rock with the style. Yeah. Yeah, I think the style. I think his style is nice. I just wish as a unit, as good as Cam Newton dress, I wish the team would be more consistent in how they play week to week. Um, so if they would, if they would do that, then I think they'll be. That'd be a whole lot better. Speaking of your team, team I don't want I don't want those shots though. You said we was gonna get smacked, but we smacked y'all. <laughs> Still standing over here just by the way. You know, I think that, that I think that Thursday night game, it was it was very embarrassing. Um, it was very, very embarrassing. I think I think the um I think the issue um that the Panthers have, uh, they have an issue defensively. Um, they have a rookie they have a rookie defensive I ain't gonna say a rookie defensive coordinator, but this is a first year defensive coordinator. And um, he's had some questionable moves. I think offensively, we're starting to find a rhythm. I think Noah Turner's played great. I think Pam Newton has played good all year. But um, I think some changes need to be made in efforts of us, you know, getting better um, in the future. Um, you know, I think they made a we they made a move um, letting C.J. Anderson go. Uh, I think about a week ago, which I think was a. A good decision, you know. It allows him the opportunity to go and play somewhere else. He's a thousand-yard rusher. He just didn't really fit in our system, um, and so I think that's good. Um, a move that I think the team should make. I think they should either trade, waive, or release uh, Devin Funches. Um, you know, I think we've seen years and years of mediocrity from him, um, and we haven't really seen the production. Um, he's played in the league four seasons now. 
never had a major injury. He plays more than 12, 13 games a season, and he hasn't put up a 1,000-yard season. He hasn't put up a 900-yard season. I think his best season, he had like 840 yards. You know, he has issues with catching the ball. He has issues with route separation. And um, I think in order to go forward, you want to be able to protect um, – you know, protect your quarterback. You know, if you can't get separation in your route running, you know, Cam Newton wants to be able to find plays. He has to go out and run. And, you know, this is getting to his eighth, ninth year in the league. And so I think the health of him really comes into question. Um, I think he wants to be more of a pocket passer this year. I think we're starting to see that. Um, his completion percentage has, has increased, which is a good thing. And I think he wants to be more of a pocket passer. I actually don't think he wants to get out and run as much as he used to. And so I think the direction that this team is going, we need to get some young guys in there who can who can get separation, who can catch the ball. And I think that's just a move that I feel like they need to make. And your history career is sports broadcaster. So the question, is it morally acceptable for the United States to prepare schools for an active shooter rather than put restrictions on guns? Mm. I just want to say one thing. By the start of that sentence, I know whoever wrote that was in seeing ethics. <laughs> is it more than a CF yeah, right there? Yeah. I know yeah. for real, but continue. My uh, personal opinion, I think there should be more restrictions on guns rather than prepare for the active shooter in class. I was watching the news the other night and they were teaching high schoolers how to like save your classmates' life in case they got shot and there was something like you could do. And I think with all the tests and everything they go through, that's more added stress that even though this is the world we live in now, it's more added stress than high schoolers or anybody should have to be put under. It's to save your classmates' life. So what are your thoughts? Um, uh, I'd say there's two sides to every coin. There's preparing, preparing for all, preparing for schools for like active shooters is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because you don't want your kids obviously to have to worry about trying to save a life when you're just trying to get an education. But then again, we put restrictions on, restrictions on guns. People are still finding ways to get guns. Mm -hmm. And shoot, shootings are still happening, some way, somehow. So it's just like, I don't know if there's like really a true answer to one or the other. <clears throat> I think you, should, you have to do really both, to, to be honest, for that. Can you, can you share like what you said about we was talking about this before. Yeah, you had me mind blown. Oh, so I just used an example of like my siblings live in England. And so they don't really deal with this a lot. Like my brother's fiance, she doesn't want to move to America because she's a teacher. And she's like, I couldn't like imagine having to deal with like an active shooter coming in. They don't do active shooter drills, stuff like that. And so I think like that's what we were talking about on one of the other podcasts. How it's crazy, like the cultural difference. Yeah. It's something mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about. It's like, yeah. and that's, that's what really caught me because I was like, dang, I can't imagine, like, mm -hmm. that's crazy. Like, they come over here, they, they can't imagine having to deal with it. It's like, I can't imagine, like, not having to deal with it. So yeah. I, 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 I was just mind blown by that. Just like, like, I get preparing for an active shooter by, like, the drills and stuff, like, even we go through. But do you guys think it's a little much to be like preparing as much as they are now? I think to an extent, yeah, like some of them are a little pushed. But like, so my high school was the rival school of Columbine High School. So like the first big mass shooting. So we always did really big drills, even like before there were new restrictions and stuff, just because obviously when something like that 
big happens at a high school, you naturally do bigger drills. So I've always been doing those drills. So I mean, the drills obviously are good. I think like doing normal drills, like you need to hide to this classroom, lock yourself in this classroom are fine, but going to an extent where how you were saying that they are teaching the kids how to um, protect like their classmates and how to save their lives if they need to, I think that's a little much because they're kids. They shouldn't have to be worrying about that. That's the way our society is, but at the same time, that shouldn't be their responsibility. I think it just depends on what exactly they're doing. Because, I mean, I I feel like you should be preparing, but I guess it just depends on what that method is, and it just it's a matter of situation. I mean, as far as restrictions on guns, there I think there needs to be some type of vetting process as far as who can get a gun and who can't. Uh, I don't know all the details of how that would work, but that's just my opinion. It's just I think it's a matter of situation because, like he said, it's, there's two sides to everything. So. It's like no matter how hard people try, guns are still going to be available yep. everywhere. It's a money thing. They, it's connected to the government in a way that if you get rid of guns, it kind of hurts the government in a way because they're in their pocket. So that's why the gun initiative hasn't been attacked more in a general sense because the government's connected into it. And it's a situation now where you kind of have to do these actor shooter drills because we, as life goes, it's constant adaptment to every situation and everything that comes across to you. And now with the situation of mass shootings are getting a rise and coming up more, so you gotta prepare the people that are involved, that are in life now, to have to experience this. In the 70s, you ain't gotta worry about active shooters. You gotta worry about drugs. But now, active shooters is a thing, so if you wanna save our youth and save our people, we have to prepare them for the situations that are unfortunate that are gonna come upon us. I mean, there's other ways that you can prepare them, like just being preventative and like mental health. Is there's obviously been like that whole push recently about putting people's mental health first and like just really putting emphasis on that because it hasn't been addressed in decades past and in past <coughs> generations. So I think just addressing that issue is gonna help with like gun issues. You know, like it's also like that preventative stuff, not just that, like, <clears throat> let's prepare them in case it happens. Let's make sure that, like, situation doesn't happen to begin with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People usually only talk about mental health after something like that happens. Mm -hmm. that's, like, that's the most disappointing part. It's, mm -hmm. It shouldn't be just a discussion when something bad happens. It should be an everyday discussion. You have so many resources out there nowadays for people to get help, but they never do because whether it's looked down upon in their society or wherever they're from or they feel that they don't need it or they're just not educated about their own mental health and um, I think that goes down to you know not just you know parents but also like teachers at school uh, advisors all that you know that's part of that's part of the job nowadays is to make sure student health students are there are healthy mentally and um, it shouldn't just be like a once in a while discussion it needs to be an everyday discussion. Yeah, I know like in my family, like we never really talked like men about mental health and stuff. I remember my freshman year here at Peace in my psych class, we had to do like a family tree of like mental disorders and like if anybody had anything and like I literally was so scared to even talk to my parents about it because it was never a discussion that we ever talked about because like my family, like if you're like dealing with something, you kind of just like deal with it yourself and like, kind of work through it by yourself. Same. And 
like so I literally didn't even do the assignment because I was like so scared to talk to like my mom or dad about it because it's like not talked about enough I don't think and in high school was the first time mental health was ever like I had ever even heard about that like I heard about people having like the big disorders where you have like ADHD or you have even like bigger stuff like schizophrenia but like everyday just like general anxiety like I think like this is the statistic is like one in four people at some point in their life are affected by a mental health issue whether you are diagnosed with something or you had just this like t point in time where you were just like severely depressed whether it's temporary or like a day-to-day -day thing that you struggle with like it's, you're gonna probably run into somebody you probably know somebody or you're gonna run into it yourself so it's like if it's that common and it's like a broken record of people talking about how like the stigma around mental health and that like it's a broken record we hear it all the time but the active change to do anything about that I don't think is happening does that make sense yeah. I agree with you and it's like things after a shooting happens you know you always hear the interviews with the people in the community saying oh I never thought this would happen to us yeah. or they would be like they wouldn't focus on like the mental health side like it seems like the shooters, they do have like a mental health problem, yeah. whether it be like the shooting in California, he was, he was a veteran. And so like a lot of his neighbors said that they saw things that were kind of like alarming. Yeah. And so it's like, it seems like the shooters, they do have a problem, but it just never got brought up enough. Like yeah. there was little alarming things, but it just never. And I feel like as a society, we lack empathy when it comes to that kind of stuff because it is like, this person killed X amount of people. Like, mm -hmm. that's heavy stuff. Yeah. But for him or her to carry out such an act, like, you kind of have to, like, think twice about, like, and have, like, a little empathy. So you're like, how could somebody do this? Like, what what's going on in their life? And I feel like we don't do that because people just have so much hatred for what they did instead of the why. And I feel like mm -hmm. that's where, like, a lot of loss in translation and, like, kind of just like it's pushed to the back because we just focus on the what which is like terrible because people's lives were taken and it like one death affects way more than just their immediate family like yeah. friends a community everything churches whatever but that the person the shooter is also obviously had an affected life mm -hmm. like they're a person too like not someone isn't <clears throat> born with that kind of hatred in their heart yeah you know so it's like something had to have happened something like neglected as a kid or severely depressed bullied whatever like you have to think about the shooter like you have to have some sort of empathy for them because the why just gets lost mm -hmm. I think. well and without that why there's no way it's going to be fixed anytime soon without people thinking why did it happen and how can we prevent it from happening again before it happens again there's yeah. no way it's going to be fixed in the future I even with gun that's the what is like the guns like let's just put restrictions on the guns but like what everyone always says is like a gun doesn't shoot a person a person shoots a person yep yeah so. and also too i mean it we're in an age where like between you know you can say immediate politicians whatever side of the aisle you're on when something like this happens instead of our leaders of this country you know standing up to find those reasons why it's just they're pointing to the other side of the aisle saying it's their fault yeah. Yeah, at the you same can. time, though, like, I don't think you can deny, like, all of the research from other countries that mm -hmm. have really strict gun restrictions that show that it really works for them. So I, I think, like, 
And I mean, just the fact that if someone has a knife, it will logically take them longer to kill as many people as it will take them with a gun. So I think there are things like that that they're thinking about. That like, while yes, like there are definitely other issues that need to be hit. There is, I mean, it, it's a band-aid solution, but it's a band-aid solution that could save a lot of lives. Yeah, so I think that's where. But I think like with American values, because like I know my family, my dad hunts. So we have shotguns and like pistols and all that kind of stuff. And like, as like an American culture, like that has always been kind of in our culture. It's like, especially in the South, like a lot of people hunt, a lot of people like go shooting. Like that's like, it's a sport. It is a sport, like sporting plays, whatever. But I think at, like for our culture, I don't think gun restrictions is gonna work for us. I understand like it working for other countries, but with our American culture, I don't think, I think that's gonna upset more people than it is yeah. to fix a problem. And also too, some of the strictest cities with gun laws in the United States are Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago. And those also have some of the highest gun death rates as well. So I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that definitely won't work, I'm saying definitely will. I'm just saying, that you know it, it's, it's going to be different for every city it's going to be different for every situation not every you know terrible act of violence will be the same but it is something know. that has to be comprehensive because yeah, like, it's I something that walk, should be if talked if i can about. walk to the next town beside los angeles and buy that gun it's a lot different whereas if it was a little like you know whereas mm -hmm. everywhere had the same restrictions so that's yeah. something else that would and like it. i understand the restrictions on like being able to shoot a gun way faster than a normal person should be able to shoot it, like military grade stuff. Like yeah. that shouldn't be legal. Like yeah. I don't think that should be legal yeah. because no normal person should be shooting a gun like that many rounds that fast. And there's different levels of restrictions. Yeah. yeah. So like I'm not saying like oh nobody can have a gun, and like that's like the restriction that like whatever the restriction or whatever. Like I'm not saying that like just what you're saying is like taking away all guns is going to solve the problem. I think taking away military grade stuff like that's a good. That's a good start. one. That's a good one that I think yeah. we should put into place. But I think <clears throat> just axing all together, that's not going to happen, especially with a lot of people that do hunt and that kind of stuff. I feel like something has to happen, though, because yeah. hearing you're in my thoughts and prayers, like, that's enough. Like, that's yeah. just kind of annoying to hear oh, when yeah. you have, like, the same thing happen over and over again. And that also killed the issue. Because when you hear something so much, it gets repetitive and you stop caring because every mm -hmm. time you hear it, it just grows less and less in value. Mm -hmm. And you just keep hearing it, it just grows. So it comes to a point where you gotta figure out, going back to the mental health thing, there's a reason this person grabs a gun and shoots people. There's a reason he feels like he's secluded from everybody else because they're talking about him. And he doesn't want to talk to nobody because he'll keep getting bullied, keep getting talked about. So to start the conversation with that person and in that for the individual with all the people about why is the person acting like this, that's where the real solutions get held when people start to talk about what they're going through, what mental issues they have, what their family been through, what their friends are going through. We just gotta start talking to each other more. Cause we see everything literally every day. That's another reason we have some of these mental health issues because we literally go, can go on our cell phone and see anything and everything we want in Google or on YouTube. It's too accessible. At one point, we weren't seeing all of this stuff that's happening in the world every day. But now we're seeing it, and it's starting to freak some of us out without us even realizing it. 
I mean, with that kind of like accessibility to news and stuff, like it kind of just gets flushed out and with like next topic. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's also an issue. I feel like if we actually knew the amount of people around us that actually <clears throat> that actually struggle with mental health, like we would be like blown away because mm -hmm. it's like it's so common. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's where it starts. That's where the stuff starts. I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day because I was like, when did it get so like when when did life get so like incredibly stressful because i know growing up of course you're not aware about like adult things mm -hmm. but it didn't seem like it seems like everybody i know now has more panic attacks or anxiety mm -hmm. attacks or is yeah. dealing with depression having to be on medication stuff like this so it's like yeah. when did that it just seems kind of like overwhelming just because of the friends that i have that i know that really seriously go through things like this i think um I think not doing anything at all is definitely not the way to go. And I also think, um, I don't think every person that does something wrong, every mass shooter, honestly, you don't have to have a mental illness to be able to do a crazy thing. You know what I'm saying? Well, you gotta, you gotta, I mean, you know, I mean, some of these people might have had mental illnesses, and that very well may be true. But you don't necessarily have to have a mental illness to go in there and 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 shoot up a church or uh, mm -hmm. shoot up a, a synagogue or something like that. Maybe you have that hate in your heart, and that hate in your heart might not be a a, a mental health issue. That just maybe just uh, are who you are. I think a lot of times if we look at uh, if we go back and we look at, I know you were speaking on American culture. Let's take a deep look into American culture. And let's look at what Americans have have done, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at our history. Look at the 60s, the 30s, you know, uh, you know, before Reconstruction, you know, slavery, you know what I'm saying? If we look into, if we look deep inside some of those things, I don't think a lot of mental illness was there. I think there was intent and there was hate there. So we can't just, I mean, I think some people have mental illnesses, but I don't think that should be a scapegoat for why people are out here killing people the way that they do. I just think some people have hate in their heart. And I do feel like there should be restrictions on gun control because I do feel, like she said, in other countries, I know Australia, for instance, it, um, and, I think, and I think it'll work. You know, I understand some people do... You know, I know hunting is big, and I and I think that's great. But I think I'm not saying nobody should have a gun, but I think we we need to be able to put some form of restrictions on it, and we also need to try restrictions because I, I don't feel like we have tried mm -hmm. to do anything. I agree. And I think and I think that's just something that we need to start somewhere. I think doing something is the right is the right step. You know what I'm saying? And um, I do feel like it is connected with the the government. I do feel like there is a a monetary benefit um, to, to guns being out here in the streets. And I just said, along with drugs, you know, I feel like there's a monetary benefit for the government for drugs to be out here. But I do feel as though if mental health is the issue, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, there needs to be more people who are um, trained and professionals on the mind of, of Americans, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's something that should, that should start, you know, and it could, uh, you could have somebody on the scene who could actually evaluate, you know, kids, like I said, from elementary school and, and work their way up. And I think that's something that'll, that'll help. And hopefully with gun restrictions, along with addressing mental illness, hopefully we can begin to see a decrease um, in number, 
as far as um, the nationals that we have. And like piggyback off that, when you was like called elementary, middle school. To be honest, I didn't really like be. I wasn't. I wasn't aware of like all the mental health issues until I came to college. Like she said, you hear like the little things like ADHD and stuff like that. But I wasn't aware like how big it was until like I came to college and got informed about it. So in a sense, this is all new to me. So like in a sense, like it makes sense like go back to like when you're growing up. That way you're already alert to it and you got you got more information. The more information, the better, obviously. But it's new. So it's like some of us wasn't raised. Like she said, she wasn't raised. Like I can agree that we weren't raised like express our business and talk about it. Cause like, I can honestly tell you like, I never taught anybody about anything I was going through. Like, I just you like like she said, you just deal with it on your own. You just find your way to how to cope with it. So, but I definitely agree with that. And I feel like a major flaw in our society is just lack of communication. Whether it's with a different political party or with your feelings, like ooh, that's always like ooh, talk about your feelings. But like that lack of communication is feel like it's just a common theme with a lot of issues and. With this issue, it's not one thing isn't going to fix it. Like, helping mental health isn't going to fix the whole problem. Like, restricting guns isn't going to fix the whole problem. It's going to be a combination of yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we just need to find like America's combo that works for us that decreases like these mass shootings. Because like I was watching the news one day and it was like 305 days out of like 300 like whatever days mm -hmm. that's happened this year there's been some type of mass shooting. Like that's crazy to only have like a couple days out of the year that you don't have a mass shooting. Like that's crazy. And I feel like putting facts and statistics out like that to really like open people's eyes. Like there's a serious problem, but we're, we don't know how to deal with it that we're just kind of ignoring it. I think there are people that are pushing for it. Like legislators are pushing like, we need to restrict guns, we need to restrict guns. And like having like one thing that they wanna Restrict, but I feel like someone should just come out and be like, "Here's a plan that hits multiple different things. That let's try this instead of trying this one thing. Let's try a whole plan that we put into place because like something needs to happen. Obviously, like we can all agree on that. Like you said, like lack of communication, and like back what you were saying, like far as both sides of parties, like they quit point fingers. I think, like you said, there's lack of communication and like. I think we don't try to understand one another. I think we just so quick to point the finger and, mm -hmm. you know, go to blah, blah, blah. We don't try to understand. And I think that's where it all starts. A lot of people yeah. now have the intent to talk and not listen. Exactly. And some people are hearing and not listening. I mean, it's like when you pass somebody you know in the hallway or wherever, and you say, well, how are you or what's going on? Do you really want to know? Yeah, like or do you, is it just like, this is what we say when we see each other. Yeah. Like, hey, okay. Like, do you really want to know what's going on? That's something to think about. And then, like before, social media puts all that pressure on you, you know? Yeah. Everybody is displaying their best life on social media. Yeah. I mean, Instagram's it's hard, you know? the highlight. You're not seeing yeah. their <laughs> yeah. So when you do have those bad days, you feel alone. Because in reality, right. everyone's posting all these awesome pictures. It makes it look like their life's so great. Mm -hmm. When in reality, everybody has those bad days. We're just getting really good at hiding it online. Yeah. And all people know is our online person persona instead of who we really are. The light. Just going back, like, just speaking, like you said, just speaking. Like, if you actually just take the time out, like, speak and actually mean it, like, and somebody can feel that, like, that, that, that little difference will go a long way. Mm -hmm. Well, just like my dad tells me a lot, there's a lot of people out here that don't care about you. That's but the right. people that are in your life, your family, and your close friends. So it, it breeds a mentality of 
a lot of selfish people or a lot of people that just don't care about other people going around trying to get what they need in their life and then just move on. How many people you know just want to sit in class and just go home? Not want to talk to nobody, just want to get what they got to get and get out. And I feel like it's more with the gun issue. It's kind of a historical problem because what America was built on, if people really pay attention, was money, power, and war. Just from my brain anyway. You got people, like I said, people came over, took over the first settlers in America. Then in slavery came, slavery happened. And now they're trying to make money off everything and everybody where the guns come in. Only reason I don't think they're trying to do anything with the guns is because it affects money. At the end of the day, it just comes down to money and power. That's all I think those people care about at the higher ups in the government office. It's money and power. That's it. That's why things don't really change much because it affects their status and how much money they get in their pockets. I used to think about how the world would be without money. Like, just trading and bargaining and doing favors for each other. I used to think about that. Am I the only one? Like, no, I, I've had oh, that discussion before with someone. Like, it's interesting to think, like, how would we still be able to continue innovation and technology the way that we've been going if we went back to that system? Yeah. But you could see how ethically it would solve so many problems if yeah. we went back to that. But then you have other issues. It's a trade-off. Yeah. Trade-off and balance. That's all I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, I heard it put into words like we're kind of like a culture of death. That makes sense, which is like super like morbid, like ooh. <laughs> but like when you talk about like all these like major issues, it's like a lot of like life issues, like abortion and like mass shootings and gun control and all that kind of stuff. Like it's a lot about like life or death, and like in a lot of our like culture, it's like kind of death instead of just like promoting like the human, like hey, let's just look at a whole human and be like, you are a person and you have feelings and everything. Instead, we're looking at like money and all that kind of stuff. So I've always like, well, I, I went to Catholic school, so that's why I can't have that kind of view. <laughs> but like, um, just like looking at like, just, like, look at a person and be like, hey, like you're a person with feelings and thoughts and everything, whether it's someone you like or you don't like or whatever, like you are still like a whole person. Like I remember, like, you know, when you have, when you're driving, you're like driving for a long time, you have like these weird thoughts that are just like so deep, they're like, whoa, they kind of scare you. One of them was like, if you think about how like, I'm trying to think of a word, like complex your own life is and like all the stuff that you've been through and everything, like, and then you're like, whoa, every other person in the world has like that same kind of complexity where there's so many different pieces and so many different parts and I don't know. That was like those are like those like crazy thoughts where you're like, whoa, like life's kind of weird. Everyone's going through something. Like, yeah. yeah. And uh, kind of going back to the communicating thing, you know, especially nowadays, like if you are like it's we you talked about uh, we were talking about Beauty and the Beast earlier, and you know how some people's perception of like you look at you and you look at a person, you automatically make that judgment against them, you know, oh, they feel this way about this, oh, then they definitely feel this way about all this. Well, there's so many people, like, like you know, me, for example, I have to, I may have lean to one side on this, I may lean to one side on this, you know, I have my own thoughts, I have my own way of thinking, and people are so quickly to judge your character 
by one belief mm -hmm. or judge a character by one decision, you know, all that stuff. And I think as a society, we, we need to focus on is not so much separating each other by race, political <clears throat> affiliation, all that stuff is being able to communicate and come together and say, how are we all going to fix this problem? Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm Hispanic, you know, I, you know, my parents were born in Cuba, they came to this country when they were, you know, small kids, and I was, I'm a first generation, but I'm an American, you know, I was born here, you know, you're an American, you're an American, it doesn't matter the color of your skin, it doesn't matter where you came from, if you're in this country, and you were born here, and you're a citizen, you're an American, and I think that's what we need to focus on more, instead of trying to separate each other. Yeah, I mean, I know when I, like, tell people, like, oh, I'm Catholic, especially, like, down in, like, the South, yeah, whatever, yeah. I, like, definitely get, like, pegged really quickly, but, like, when I talk, when I start, like, talking to people, like, having a conversation, like, I remember, so I played club volleyball back in high school, and we were in Orlando, and we had a Muslim girl, I was Catholic, and we had a bunch of Christians, and we were staying by the pool at a volleyball tournament, 17 years old, talking about religion. I was mind-blown because we were having a real conversation and people were just asking questions like, oh, I don't understand this about your faith. Can you explain that a little more? Like, I was like happy to answer questions at that point because it was like the first time that someone's like, oh, you're Catholic, that's okay. Can I learn more? And then we started having those conversations. So I learned so much about like the Muslim faith. I learned so much about the Christian faith and like the differences and all that. So just like having conversations and actually listening and being curious. Mm -hmm. I think being curious is like the biggest thing ever. and like. Just being curious about something because if you're not curious about it, what's going to make you ask like a reasonable question or like a deep question if you're not if you don't if you genuinely don't want to know like just having these conversations of like oh like we're gonna have a conversation about like gun restrictions and if you have this like already set in your mind that like you're gonna go in and this is what you're gonna talk about instead of just like sitting there and listening and like going back to what he said about we're hearing things and just already preparing an answer in our mind instead of listening and like hearing their side like there's some things that we're gonna just have to agree to disagree on because it's a little bit more black and white but there's always that gray in between you know <laughs> anybody else want to say anything It's actually a great place to end talking yeah. about the power of conversation time. because this is a really this is a really great conversation. I mean, um, as an older person, I'll say I hope you guys figure this out because it's going to be your generation. <laughs> I think we're pretty much out, just like we saw on our watch. So uh, <laughs> thank you for coming. We'll help out as much as we can as you guys Definitely figure this thing out. Um, nice job. That's all for our live podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week.